Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got you. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the MLB season. Go Royals! BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey there, Marcus Dash here, co-host of Chief Concerns. At the conclusion of this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast right here on YouTube. And for all you listeners out there, please be sure to give us a five-star review on any of the platforms you use to listen to us. I want to thank you all for listening to us throughout the season, and we look forward to engaging with you all throughout the offseason. Enjoy the episode. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm here with our guy, Jason Dunn. Jason, how you doing, buddy? What's up, brother? What's going on? What's going on? How's the weekend been going? How's the week been going for you? How's everything looking? It's been going good. You know, we, uh, we're in like a good, weird, weird time of sports right now where it's like, you know, March Madness is done, obviously. Congratulations to all you Kansas Jayhawks out there. Or as the announcer, yeah. the presenter said after the game, the Kansas City Jayhawks. Um, <laughs> um, but then we got baseball starting off, the Royals um, first pitch tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. And, and, and then we, NBA playoffs is imminent, too. So there's a lot going on uh, right now. Uh, I know we're all counting down the days till training camp and OTAs and all that, all that good stuff. So, uh, but we have the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, so that'll be fun. Um, just uh, for everybody out there uh, on the week before the draft on the, uh, the, the week of the 20th, um, we're going to have uh, NFL draft diamonds uh, founder come on. Um, and he's going to talk to us about JD's going to tell him who he has his, his mock of his first three rounds of who, who he thinks the chiefs should get. And then we'll have an analysis from, you know, draft diamonds who, you know, they're, the, the, the main scouting directors for the Hula Bowl. So these guys are really involved with these uh, players that are coming out. Um, so we'll get a first perspective analysis on uh, JD's mock draft for the first three rounds of the, for the chiefs. Uh, so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Are you excited for that JD? Uh, I am. I am. I am uh, excited. Uh, uh, I, I tell you what, there's, there's a lot that can move around there to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm, you know, I've been, I've been kind of looking at other people's kind of mock drafts and whatnot. And, you know, I'm like, Hey, I don't really see that. I don't really see that. Uh, but then you, man, you're looking at the possibilities, um, what things could be there, there's could be definitely be a lot of movement in different ways, different, different rights. I could see, you know, going for this position more than this position, you know, sometimes getting a guy that is, who's, who, who will be a dynamic player for your team. 
you can go ahead and pick him up. Say, look, let's go on and take a, a chance and get this guy right now. If he's available, uh, I can see us also doing that. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for these things to happen, uh, and we'll see how it's going to go. It's a very deep draft class. It's, a, it's an amazing draft class to have. Amazing draft to have two, 12 picks and possibly, you know, you trade them to trade up, trade back, and more draft picks. I mean, there's so many possibilities. So it's going to be it's gonna be a fun one that we haven't had the opportunity to have in a, in a, in a while. Um, w- one guy who a lot of Chief fans, we got kind of got to do conversation all, with our Chief Concerns account earlier on Twitter, um, Traylon Burks, receiver from Arkansas, who a lot, a lot of people love him. He's going out, he's flying up draft boards right now. He's being compared to a bunch of guys, Debo Samuel being one, uh, Alshon Jeffries, another comparison for him. But a uh, big thing about him is um, his hand size. Uh, I believe his, he, he measured in uh, nine inches, nine and seven eighths of an inch um, or his like, hand size. Um, and apparently he has five uh, XL customized gloves that he has to wear. Cause that's how big his hands are. He has to get five cu- X and they're cut. They're, they're custom made for him. Now, we had uh, our guy uh, Klein Optimus on uh, Twitter uh, at us today and say, "What were JD's glove size?" Um, and I was like, "That's a good question." Uh, so, yeah. JD, what is uh, what was your glove size? Um, my my glove size was eight uh, XL. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now it, it was uh, I had a two XL, three XL. That's that's what I would wear. Uh, 2XL was a little bit more kind of snug on my hands. I, I liked it a little snug. Now it depends on what I was doing. You know, if I was, you know, uh, 3XL, definitely kind of during the wintertime. Uh, because sometimes, you know, during the, during the summer, it would expand on you as well. Get wet, all those different things would be factors. But sometimes 3XL would, would work. I just feel like if, if just gripping the ball, just wanted to just catch it just right, 3XL was good, uh, 2XL. And then also it depend on the color too. You know, sometimes they're like, we wear white gloves. They just look huge, like like those big Mickey Mouse gloves, you know? <laughs> so uh, I hated those. I used to always wear like the dark gloves or the red gloves, you know, red and red and black. I had like the little Spider-Man uh, design. I really loved those. But that was the size of my hands, like 2X, uh, 3X. Uh, but man, customized 5X, that's that's insane, man. That's insane. That's that's big hands. But I, I was looking at like they, they said it was like nine and something on the size. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking it's probably more so like his palm size, you know, the the, the thickness of it. You know what I mean? Uh, because it, it, when I'm looking on the measurement, length wise, it, it doesn't really, I don't know, doesn't quite seem 5X, but maybe he just likes bigger gloves. It could be part of it, you know? So, uh, but, as far as for a receiver, is palm size, is palm size, would you say that's a bigger deal? Palm size is a bigger deal. I mean, because, you know, they measure everything. They think, you know, the thickness of your fingers. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about maybe the size of your hands, like the thickness of your palms, right, is kind of like that, that real meaty part mm-hmm. is what they're looking for. Like when somebody shakes your hand, that's what you're looking for. Like, oh, my goodness, like it, that the palm is covering, you know, the majority of my hand right now. So. Uh, I think that's part of it. Like his, the palm size of his hands is probably huge, man. He's probably just got big mitts. And as far as like the length of his fingers and stuff like that, don't quite know. But I know they they usually measure, I think, from index to the thumb. I think that's how they measure, like this, the, the length and size of your hand. Yeah. I mean, just based on the picture we, we posted on Twitter, I, I, I looked up on Google. It's like he, he's holding his hands up like this, and they just look enormous. So yeah. that bodes well for his hands. Um, 
Oh, yeah. And also another person, I believe, I believe it was Klein as well, or some someone on our Twitter account also said um, that he had met Tony Gonzalez one time, your boy TG, and they shook his hand. He said it was the biggest hands he's, he's ever he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> now the back to the question: Who had bigger hands between you and or TG? Oh no, oh no. I, I mean, Tony had big hands, uh, but it was. I don't know. You, you usually could tell when somebody, when you shake a person's hand, how big they were. Right. Uh, it's almost like when Jack Black was was talking to Tony Robbins in the, in the uh, uh, elevator. He was like, oh, my gosh, banana hands. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. But you could tell somebody who has this, uh, you know, abnormally large hands. But TD didn't really seem like he had, like, abnormally large hands. Uh, but I'm sure to, like, people say it about me, too. Like, oh, my gosh, you got biggest hand is. Like, oh, man, don't hurt my hand, J.D., when you shake it. Like, I'm always giving a, a nice, firm, hard grip. I'm just used to that. And so yeah. uh, I, I get that all the time. Like, man, look how big your hands are and stuff. So that's maybe it's just because of our size. We don't realize, you know, other people, I guess, normal size or, you know, range and all of that. It just seems like it's small. I guess that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, proportion size matters. I mean, obviously, taller you are, you're going to have bigger features, bigger feet, bigger hands, right. um, just mm-hmm. all that. So um, I, I remember when in high school, there was a uh, point guard. He was like a shooting guard on the team, 6'3". And I remember in class, you know, that, that we, we were doing like the, the measurement hand size. And kid had the exact same hand size as mine. And I don't, ha- I don't have big hands. I have like, do you remember the Burger King commercial a couple of years back where like, you know, the, the guy had really small hands. You eat in the Whopper and like his hands were like, like this big. Um, that's my I have small hands. This guy was 6'3". He had the same exact hand size as mine. I was like, holy, I mean, you think usually guys taller have bigger hands, but it, it, he was like, it was one of those things. It was like his insecurity. He, he didn't want to show his hand size. I was like, wow. It's like, you know, talking about 5'8 guy, hand, same yeah. hand size as a 6'3 guy. Well, you know, I guess not everybody uh, pans out that way. <laughs> right. No, hey, man. Yeah, I, and I guess it's just one of those deals. You know, because people talk about, it, you know, the size of your hands or the size of your feet, all those different things. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, I speak up proudly talking about how big my hands are, right? Or how big my feet are, you know, because everybody goes into, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, you know, it's it's a little funny. But, yeah, for a big guy to have, like, small feet and small hands, those things are rare. It's rare. It's rare. You know, my uh, people talk about, like, my ears. It's in my ears, you know, are not that big. I must say, I don't, my ears are normal. To me, I'm I'm like, when am I supposed to have, like, great big old, you know, yeah. I don't know. So, because you're taller, you should have bigger. You should have big ears. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm a I'm a medium guy. I remember with my gloves, I'd always get smaller. Medium depends on what Nike or Reebok. Some some are cut smaller. Some are cut bigger. So like some I would go medium and some I would go small. So yeah, I'm I'm That's medium cool. as my girlfriend would say. I'm fun sized. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, but all right, so we're going to get into, um, some off season stuff. So after last, last few weeks have been kind of crazy for the chiefs. Um, uh, and after last week, we talked about possibly getting Stefan Gilmore, James Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, nothing's happened on that front. In fact, a report came out that said that, uh, we're not actually interested in J- James Bradbury at all. His tickets too high, 13 and a half million, um, with the chiefs are just not interested in that at all. So two glaring holes right there. Um, and you think after the Tyreek Hill move was made, there was going to be a lot, a lot more movement. Not really much has happened since the, the Scantling um, pickup. But um, this week we did sign defensive tackle um, Taylor Stallworth from Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, 
depth signing at DT, not breaking the bank at all. Um, so the question is, and a lot of people were kind of, people were, you know, I, I, I named the episode Sleepless in Kansas City. And I feel like a lot of people are just kind of concerned and just kind of question is where, what are we doing? Because we have two gaping holes at edge and cornerback. And yeah. we have all this money. So what do you think we're doing, J.D.? If you could give your best guess as to what was going on, what, what do you think we're doing? Uh, best guess and, and, and what I would assume is we're probably waiting on the draft, to be honest with you. Um, and so, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of willing and dealing, a lot of talking. Uh, guys are moving up and down the board, you know, each day. And it's, it's, it's all based off of your needs. Um, what guys are talking about, who's going to be available, free agency after the draft. That's the thing about it, too. Because what you start realizing is – in this draft process, you don't have on your board how guys are, are graded, right? You know, this guy right here is an A, B, C. What is our needs? Okay, how is our priorities moving around, right? How does this go? But like I was saying before, if a guy is like almost a no-miss guy at that position, you might just, hey, look, if we can get him, let's go ahead and take him. So this other team doesn't have him. And so I'm, I'm thinking right now uh, that the Chiefs are probably waiting on the draft to, to draft maybe a, a corner. And there's a lot of, lot of guys in the draft, man, that, that are available uh, that could come in and, and probably play right away. It's not going to cost you anything. You're, you're going to be locked in for five years with this guy uh, that could come in and, and compete. Um, and they were saying that, like, I guess the, the, the corners are a little top heavy. you got a lot of guys that's probably really good from like one to like 10, 15 that they can really come in and probably play. And so the Chiefs are probably banking on that more so than anything else. Same thing with uh, maybe the, the 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 pass rushers, the edge rushers. Same thing. And they're saying like, look, we go ahead and we concentrate what we get on the draft. Uh, the holes we need to fill. Uh, if we don't get those, then we know we have these guys out here, free agent wise. That you know, Ingram still is not signed. You know, we still got to some other guys out here that may not want all this money, but now all of a sudden your, your stock drops because it's like, look, we're getting you late, but we still need you. So let's make a good deal. Still got money uh, to sign guys. So that's probably, the, that's probably the issue. I know it's probably what the guys are thinking right now because we still draft corner pretty high. Defensive end and edge pretty high. Uh, probably still get linebacker safety and all those different things. Wide receiver, all those things to be filled. And so we haven't moved that much on free agency in any of those positions because they're all available in the draft. So. It, so it, it's funny you say that. So the, the, the idea that we're waiting for the draft to come and seeing what we get out of it. And if we don't get those needs, then we move back to free agency. Um, yeah. Cause I saw this report this week that Tyron Matthew and Stephon Gilmore are in no rush to sign right now, which is funny. It's, right. it's, the, it's the opposite of you. The players are in no rush because they are waiting until after the draft mm-hmm. to see teams will come after them. And then they can maybe get into a bidding war with teams. Right. I mean, but I guess that's my question. Do the Chiefs run the risk of getting into a bidding war? Let's say we don't get a cornerback. Let's say we go heavy on edge and heavy on receiver um, and, and a right tackle, for example, in the first three rounds. We don't go cornerback. Do we run the risk of having a bidding war for a Stephon Gilmore for other teams that may have hit, uh, missed on getting a cornerback in the draft? I mean, do we run the risk of that? Absolutely. You absolutely do. And and, and also, too, what you got to realize is uh, – <sighs> Sometimes those guys are waiting after the draft. It's like, okay, now you know you need my talents. But also, too, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. If, if, if even if you if it's too high, then we just pass on you. We'll just we'll play with the guys that we got here. We can play with the guys we got in the room. 
maybe, you know, pick up on some other guys that maybe we will be able to, uh, you know, just around, you know, if we need to in certain positions. Uh, but I think that's what you, you start really thinking and, and trying to understand the strategy on drafting the right guys, right? Uh, that's how I feel. And so Gilmore going into a bidding war with another team, it's not going to change. If he's too high, he's just too high. We didn't have the money before to sign him. We, look, there's no reason why now all of a sudden you ask for another $2 million, $3 million here. Hey, man, look, you know what? Just keep on walking. We appreciate it, but, you know, we're not, we're not going to do it. We're just going to play with the guys we got in the room, uh, you know, try to give them some confidence and just roll, roll the dice with them. Uh, so you do run at risk, but also, too, I don't think what you do is uh, you don't become desperate. You don't become desperate on trying to sign a guy, get the guy here for more money than what he was going to make before. Um, that's just that's just me. That that would be my strategy in itself. If not, then you look down the road. Plus, uh, we got enough picks. That, that's the way I look at it. If, if we're not giving up any picks to get a guy, you know, and, and trying to work on things, we got enough picks to address those those issues. And I think the Chiefs understand that. You got twelve picks in a draft. You, more than enough. You, you got more enough to get two corners, shoot three edge, a uh, couple of receivers. Uh, linebacker. I mean, you, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That, that gives you that amount of flexibility, what you can do. And so getting the right guys here, uh, you say, hey, look, those later draft picks, hey, we'll give a way to move up for this guy or whatever. So I think the Chiefs are just thinking that, man. Play with the young guys. You got to develop your team. Uh, you got to look, you know, to the future about what it is you want to do. Uh, it's not going to cost you a whole lot. So that would be the strategy. Don't get into that bidding war. I don't think. Don't do it. But I mean, as far as like, um, I know that some Chief fans have been saying it's like, you know, uh, we're, we're going to go into this uh, the season because people were banking on Bradbury, right? So we're going to have Snead and Bradbury as our corners. And then we just kind of devote to, you know, devote the draft to the edge. And as far as a rookie coming in, it'd probably be easier to have a rookie edge rusher kind of high on that than having a rookie cornerback. I mean, do you, I mean, is that, is that true? Would it be harder for having a rookie cornerback to, to wrap the gate? I, uh, uh, I guess you can look at it both ways. Uh, to be honest, I think, uh, for a corner, uh, depends on what he wanted him to do. He was going to play more man and more zone, uh, more heavy either way. Uh, you get a guy who's, who's better at that skill set. And so even with a young guy, like I was telling, uh, barbershop, uh, last week, they, these guys only know what they know. And so when you come in, uh, if you get a guy who has competed at the high level, matter of fact, a guy who's going to be in the NFL and guys who's in the NFL that who played against Jamar Chase, right? These guys who's been in the last couple of years, you're saying this guy can come in and compete right now. If he's been going against those guys for the past couple of years, he could come in and play in the NFL. And so uh, I think corners, to me, can make a transition uh, because he's, if he's a really good guy, shouldn't even have an issue. Same thing with edge. If an edge guy, if you're if you're just that guy, and I think there's at least ten good guys that could come in and be NFL ready. Uh, if you touch those guys coming in, shouldn't be an issue as far as you know those guys be, becoming a development and being stars, and at least making some type of uh, 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 change on defense. You know, making making a uh, uh, hey, what word am I looking for? Uh, making you know a splash, if you will, you know, with, with what you're trying to do. Right. 
Yeah. And I think it's pretty clear that Brett Veach does want to go younger. I mean, you know, he's not, I mean, the 13 and a half million on Bradbury is one thing, but also he is 28. I think he's going to be 29 when the season uh, rolls around. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I guess we are kind of, it's, it's a, it's a facelift on the team. It's a, it's a, it's a face of where we're kind of weeding out the, the older guys and it's, you know, Patrick's going to become the, one of the biggest, the, the oldest guys in the team at some point here, you know, and, that, and that's yeah, funny because, yeah. you know, Patrick's still young in the, in the, in the scheme of things. Well, but I mean, the, the thing is, you, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you have to think in, in, you know, in the future wise, as far as like, what do you want to do? How are you going to develop this uh, for the team down the road? And so you think if you have the, the, the necessary pieces, your core pieces here, that you can stay still be with and keep developing around those guys, then you're still going to be an effective team. You're still always going to be in for the runners. As long as you have 15 back there, you're going to be good, right? He's always going to make you a contender. And we've known this. History shows when you have a good quarterback, they always make you a contender. He can make all those guys around him, you know, better. And so you look at a guy like that, uh, LeBron, Jordan, all these different guys you talk about making guys around them better. So, Patrick Mahomes can can definitely do that. Uh, we got Kelsey here. Uh, he's going to be here. Uh, wide receiver. We got some guys that are kind of young, right? We got him now, kind of a long term deal. Juju's here for a one year deal, but you get a young guy here from in, in, in wide receiver. You can develop him, and like I said, the fifteenth on the ball to him, you're going to be all right. So, yeah, and and, and that's that's the beauty about this whole thing is you know we talk about how we said earlier it's a, it's a deep draft. But it's deep in the positions that we need. It's deep in receivers. Yes. It's deep in edge. Mm-hmm. It's deep in corner. Um, yep. and, and even I was reading the other, the other day that they, they actually the, the tackles in this class are pretty good, and you can see some of the like the the, the better right tackles in this draft class could be going late in, the, in this. And, and I read that like maybe the Chiefs even draft a, a left tackle high in the second round, or you know maybe in the first round, just to just in case we don't want to pay the ticket that Orlando Brown might be costing us next year. I mean. That, that's if we are going full on frugal mode and we are, you know, banking on listen, that, but I do know. Hey, no, no, listen, hey, hey, everything's on the table. When it comes to the draft, everything's on the board. And then that is good business sense. It's just saying like, look, you got to, you got to prepare for this guy not to be here. If we're not looking to pay him a, that boatload of money, making him the highest paid left tackle, uh, then let him move on. We get a young guy in here, try to teach him the ropes, see what he can do. Hey, let him learn for this past year behind it. Why not? Why not try to do it? And so NFL, man, it's, it's still business. That's the main thing, man. It's, it's This thing right here is still business, but everything's up on the table. And I've learned a long time ago, as soon as they get you here into, a, into any team, they're always trying to replace you. That's the way it works. So uh, it's just good business sense. Yeah. And, and, and the worst case, you draft one of these left tackle guys, Put him at right tackle. He's a beast at the right side. And, you know, we keep Orlando Brown and we have a right tackle for the next uh, four or five years. So, right. not, not the worst thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing you've seen in the past. Like a lot of the Patriots, the Ravens, the Steelers, they always draft the, the, the first, second rounds. They're always drafting a good lineman, BPA at lineman. So, and, and, you know, those are teams that, that historically have good lines. And, you know, look yeah. what happens. So, yeah. And they were able to trade us to Orlando Brown. And, you know, their offensive line was kind of iffy last year. So I guess I can't cite that as, a, as an example. But, <laughs> um, but no, talking about uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so our next topic, uh, last week, uh, Patrick Mahomes finally broke his silence on the whole, whole Tyreek Hill um, situation and trade. 
Um, he did an interview with Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. Uh, kind of saying he was shocked, but he wasn't that surprised by it because uh, Andy Reid and Brett Veach kind of talked with him throughout the entire situation. So he saw the whole thing evolving. Um, but uh, as he was talked about being kept in the loop of the situation, this is what one of the had a lot of good quotes on it. So I would I suggest you go read the article, everybody who's listening to this. But the, the things that stood out to me were this quote right here. Um, quote, we had to move on and try to get as much as we could for him and try to build that receiving room again and do it to where we have the ability to go out there and compete every single week, which I trust Brett Veach and Coach Andy Reid will do. And that's the reason I signed the contract that I did, and that's the reason that I know I'm going to be in Kansas City for my entire career because I have great people around me. He has a lot of good quotes in this whole thing, but these are two quotes in here that I really thought really stuck to me. Um, some people online were trying to make it. It was kind of a shot at Tyreek Hill, you know, that he's not going to be in Kansas City for his entire career. But yeah. I, I think I think it – I think it just shows it says a lot that he trusts the Brett Veach and Andy Reid. But what did you make of uh, Patrick kind of going out here and saying this that he trusts the guys around him in the organization? Uh, I say that was um, it was a media moment. It was one of those things that you had to stand up and say the right things uh, to the media, to the to the people, to the fans of Kansas City. Uh, he understood his business. Uh, and he's trying to give his full confidence, and like you said, into Brett Veach and Andy Reid, uh, into putting the money into him uh, to move his thing forward. Uh, and I think he believes that. But also, too, I, I think you know he was hurt by the move. Just, 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 just be honest here. Uh, I'm sure he was sad to see Tyreek go. Uh, but as we know in the NFL, not for long. Like these things, these things do happen. Guys get traded all the time, and it's 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 a little tough. As shocking as it is, uh, you know the show must go on. That's the way it works. And so if he understands that and they've conveyed to him, like, look, we've we made you uh, the loyalty. We, we, we got the long term deal with you and we will give you guys around you so you can be successful. Uh, so we take Tyreek away. We, we're we're going to try to replace him with somebody else. We're going to get some guys in here. They can still throw the ball to. We're not going to give you a chopped liver, or some dirt and some, you know, just some guys. The guys we're going to give around you. We want you to be successful. We're not going to do that. We're not going to hamstring you at all. And so I think Patrick understood that. I think them telling him that made him feel good to say, look, you know what? Uh, This is the direction we're looking at. We're looking to probably get some young guys in here, some different guys that can still go and catch the football. So it's not going to be any different than what we try to do. We're still going to try to go win. Uh, We can't go and, you know, put our heads in the sand and just, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with the season? And then, you know, maybe three years will be better. Now, we, look, we're trying to win now, but we got rid of Tyree Kill. Well, we didn't get rid of him. It didn't work out, uh, but we're still going to involve you with guys around you that's going to be successful. So I, I think that was the, uh, uh, what do you say, the uh, uh, the proper statement to make. Uh, that's how you're supposed to be as a quarterback, stand up there and stick your chest out and exude confidence and you know what we're doing is right and you know we still have a a, a strategy to to still win this thing and he believes it and i i believe that to be true too so uh i think that's what it was yeah he um he made some things we've talked about on here he said he said some of these things a week we even talked about with barbershop last week um that he's curious to see how defenses play them um just because 
Tyreek demands you know these unicorn defenses that we've never seen before, and yeah. he's he's he said I'm wondering if they're going to go back to the normal defenses. Um, it's a lot of nuggets he said in here. Um, but one thing he said, which we will get into a little more later in the, in the last topic of the show, but he talks about how the offense we're going to have. It's not so much. He said last year made me kind of be better as a quarterback. You know the different defenses that I had to see. I saw everything. He goes, but it kind of took me out of this. Travis to Tyreek to Travis to Tyreek Travis to Tyreek, and. As we know, there really wasn't that other guy besides Travis and Tyreek. So, you know, made him check down a little bit more than we've seen. Made him just do a little different things we've never really seen before. Um, and I think that's kind of where we're headed. And he's kind of, I think he's kind of alluding to we're going to have a lot of different pieces where it's not going to be what we've seen before. And he even said it's not going to look like the Kansas City Chiefs that we've seen before. And I mean, what do you think about that? Is that something that Chief fans should be scared of that we're not going to, that we haven't seen this before? Or is it just a, a different evolution, next level of Patrick Mahomes' offense? No, nah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's still X's and O's in football. I mean, it's, you know, running, getting open. Uh, but for him, you know, he's he's going to go back to the way of just understanding and reading defenses as they were. So it's not going to be kind of like the bastard defense that he, he's never seen before, that they're just throwing to Kansas City, not giving to anybody else, right? Only when you play Kansas City, you're doing the two-eye chill safe. That, that's that's what you're going to see. Uh, now teams are probably going to play that with, with Miami. <laughs> it might be. Might be to us, you know, his uh his thing he has to look at now. Uh, but uh I mean with with the guys he has in, you still gonna have guys that's gonna stress the defense. The guys, you know, defense is gonna still have to play you straight up. Uh Patrick's still gonna kill defenses with his with his legs, and he's got a couple of runners behind him that can do the job too. So when he says these things are gonna be different, yeah. You know, it ain't gonna be just Tyreek and and Travis. Now he'll be able to, to distribute the ball to different players. Now he's got Juju. Now he's got uh, Hardman. Now he's got Travis. Now he's got Jones. Now he's got Ceh. Uh, shoot, we're talking about Gordon. You know, we're talking about maybe the young guy that's coming in. So he's gonna have a myriad of guys to throw the ball to, uh, and I think he understands that. No, shoot, not to mention, you know, Forza comes back. Noah Gray's coming in, so. They're gonna have a lot of fun with this with this offense. It's gonna look slightly different, but these these guys are still gonna to try to score. They're gonna still put you know the pedal to the metal, uh, and and try to wheel themselves to win. They're gonna to try to score quick. They're still gonna to try to hit you over the head. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be any different. They're gonna still have the same mindset. Like we're going out there to destroy defenses. Period. And like I said, as long as you had fifteen back there uh, throwing that rock, shoot, hey, you hey you, you got that you got that opportunity to, to do it. Yeah, he said in the article too, you know, talking about being a talking about being a veteran and a leader on the team. He said having the whole offensive line makeover that they had going into this year. Uh, he talked about how you know, like I had to be the leader on the, I had to be the leader for the, a lot of these younger guys. And now Tyreek's gone, Matthew's gone. He said it's like it's now for him. He's got to be even more of an outspoken leader than he was. And so it's like last year kind of paved the way for him to be in this situation. And I think that speaks to what Andy Reid and Brett Feature are going like, dude. You're, you got the keys to the kingdom. We don't need Tyreek Hill. We have you. You can make, uh, maybe not the next Tyreek Hill, but you can make that next receiver or the next few guys. You know, like that's that's why we're paying you the big bucks. You know, you yeah, but, that? Th- those guys, um, you know, kind of grew together. You know, Patrick, uh, 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 Tyreek, and, and and Kelsey. That was a, that was kind of like that 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 mix. Uh, but now, you know, him being a quarterback, him being like you said, kind of the guy. Well, he's always been a guy. Uh, kind of stepping up, but but look, he look, he, he has help. He's got Orlando Brown Jr. right on the offensive line. 
teach those young guys, which the young guys are the way they played last year, a maturity got Thuni. So he's not going to be the only voice. You know, he's, he's got Juju there. He's got, you know, uh, uh, Marquez there. So he's got some, some veteran guys who's been around who, who is not new. They, you know, these guys have been around and, and it's kind of good because you kind of see guys that kind of been that, uh, that part of their career, that, that, that time in their career where it's like, okay, you're starting to establish yourself well. People are listening to you. You're not the young guy. Everybody's like, hold on, man. Look, you got to pay your dues. This guy has been around. So these guys has been there five, six years in the league. Hey, you lean on those guys, but like understand what they need to do. And they, they'll know, they'll shoot. Hey, Marquez, he's coming from uh, Green Bay. So he's been around Aaron Rodgers and those guys. He understands what it means to be Devontae Adams. He understands that. Juju been up there with, with Tomlinson and all those guys on offense. So he understands what he needs to do. So, you know, he, he's not just taking it all on his shoulders. He knows he's looking at guys that's been there before. That's got some experience under their belt. And that's a, good, a great place to be. So when you was kind of at offensive line, yeah, it's different because you had but three rookies, yeah. you know, two guys had had been there before. So some of that communication has to come through him. But now being in that system for a year, older guys, they understand that. He's like, good. Now I don't have to talk to these guys as much. They can take care of that themselves. So yeah, uh, it's a good place. It's a good place. Yeah, and that's something he alluded to, um, you know, talking about Scantling and Juju coming from playing with Aaron Rodgers, playing with Big Ben. Like these oh, yeah. guys, these guys, you know, these guys have played in good offensive systems before with, with these, you know, big leaders, these big guys, you know, uh, being Rodgers and, and Big Ben. So, yeah, you know, I said it last week. I, I'm really excited to watch what, what, what this offense is because I think it's going to be obviously different, but like I want to see, yeah. I want to see how different it is, you know, like the, 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 the different nuances because there's going to be different nuances to it. And, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be tough to stop the team if we are going this whole approach where like we have Juju, we have Kelsey, we have Scanlon, we have maybe Josh Gordon, maybe Corey Coleman, Hardman. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're gonna have so many different guys. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. To, it's gonna be hard to stop a team like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, man, you got you got some pieces. So, uh, you know, everything doesn't look you know dire to me. I mean, look, you got some guys in there that can play some football, and that's all you need. You just need some some good pieces around you, which he has. Uh, and they're going to be able to compete. So that's that's good, man. I, I think uh, they're going to do a lot better than what people are thinking and what they're, you know, even if you don't get a, a wide receiver in the draft. Hey, man, I'm looking at the room. I'm good. I'll, let's, we can ride with these guys. We can, we can make these things happen. And the thing is, like I said, you got to incorporate their running game to help open everything else up. If you're just out there throwing a the ball 50, 60 times, Ed, come on, it's not going to do it. Don't do that. Don't put these guys over here who's really – Who's, who's willing to run the ball, and you got guys in front of them who's willing to block. They're knocking guys' tails off. And so, hey, get behind those big guys, hand the ball off a few times, open up the pass, you're going to be all right. It's going it's gonna to look good. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Can't wait to see what they look like. And, and it'll show you too, if we don't make a move for a receiver in the draft, it'll show you how excited they are about certain guys that we've talked about on the show and these guys yes, are these guys we're about to get into right now. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, so with our, our final topic tonight, um, you know, everyone knows who tunes into the show that JD's a huge Josh Gordon fan. Um, <laughs> so with our final concern, uh, Patrick Mahomes has been hosting for the last week. So since last Friday, I believe it was the first picture I saw of him doing routes with uh, Josh Gordon and some of the guys. Um, he's been hosting in Texas with his uh, quarterback coach and you know, his, his, his 
trainer, Bobby Straub, I believe that's how he pronounced his last name. But there's been pictures of Corey Coleman, CEH, Judah Smith-Schuster, Josh Gordon, and videos of these guys catching with their receiver coach, Coach Frog. I believe this guy's name is a pretty renowned receiver coach. Uh, but he's been with those guys in Texas. And um, it was last week and this yesterday, they had pictures of, of all the guys and it said hashtag day one. So it's like an ongoing camp they have going down there with Patrick throwing balls to them. Um, what do you got to make of all these guys? And I, I got to say this. I know it's Corey Coleman was a first round pick from the Browns. He hasn't really ma- amounted to anything so far in his career. Yeah. Hard though with the with the kind of inf- the, the the different quarterbacks and all offenses they had in Cleveland. He got cut, mm-hmm. went to New York, tore his ACL. Uh, it was actually a pretty decent kick return. I think he averaged like twenty five something yards uh, a return uh, that one year. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's a that's a guy too. Um, and Josh Gordon, we all, we obviously know the history with him. Um, and then Dory's Fountain, obviously that w- there's uh, history with with us, you know, him being on the practice squad, making the team last year, didn't really see much reps, but we got a lot of options out there. So I guess my question is, what 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 do you make of this of uh, this kind of receiver camp that Mahomes is hosting for all the all the all the guys, and even Ch being there too? I mean, I think that that that's that says volumes about how he wants to kind of take his game to the next level, in the passing game, because he was yeah. a picture of him catching balls. But um, what do you make of this uh, camp he's got going on down there for our weapons? Oh man, I love it. I'm excited. I, man, that, that that right there warms my heart. I'm I'm absolutely uh just overjoyed to know those guys are down there right now working out with him. And here's the thing, he's he's jumping on this thing right now. He understands, like, look, you know, if it's gonna be these guys that I have and I'm throwing the ball to, let's start developing chemistry right now. Let's start learning each other what we need to start doing right now. Offensively, we need to do. Let me find out what you're good at, what you're great at, what you're not so good at. And so kind of moving on from there. So it's, it's this right here is a learning process. And the thing is, you got to have these times and opportunities to, and take advantage of them. If you have the resources and the means to do it, jump on the flight, head on down there. And look, everybody's pushing to say, look, you know what? We don't need a young guy coming in here. These are going to be the guys in the building. and We need to rely on each other right now. Let's just understand it. And so bringing all these guys together, you're trying to create this, the, the mesh and the relationship that you need uh, with each other. And you want to make that room so tight, you know, just a brotherhood, uh, just a family. So everybody's just relying on each other. And I, I think that's the best way to go, go about doing it. You know, go down, hey, enjoy yourself. Uh, shoot, relax a little bit, have some fun, get away from all the seriousness of being at, at camp, but also go and compete. And so when you start competing like that, everybody gets on the same page. And so, that was it was kind of one of those things. Uh, and I can just kind of tell you, like with tight ends during the offseason, you know, we would go on vacation with each other. We would, you know, go and eat dinner with each other. You know, we go and see our families and whatnot. So we we developed this cohesiveness with, each, with one another. And so when you get to know people more, you know, deeper, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, in depth. That helps you out on the football field because now all of a sudden your communication changes from being out there with each other to relate to what it should be on the field. And so, uh, you know, you know what what guys are motivated by, you know, what, you know, the competition competition would do for them. And so you're pushing guys like, come on, man, let's go. Let's stay. You drop this ball. You got 20 pushups. You got, you know, you do this. You got to do that. And so this helps keep guys accountable. So when you do that, you're just, like I said, you're putting all these guys together, making them the family, uh, 
the cohesive nature that you want to try to to uh, to embed into these guys. Hey, that that's perfect. Pat, you know, he's doing it the right way. These guys are doing it the right way. These guys are professional and understand. Like, look, yeah, we lost a little bit here, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to make this room a lot more better with more pieces, more weapons than what we had. Okay, might have lost the, the cheetah, might have lost the bazooka, but maybe we got a couple of uh, hyenas and uh, you know leopards and you know tigers running around here. Okay, instead, so maybe maybe we could do that. So that that's the way I look at it, man. So it's encouraging. I, I love it. I love it. It's professionalism. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's guys guys take it upon themselves to you know put themselves in a good position because you got to figure there's two there's two things going out of play here. The fact they're doing this what three weeks before the draft, right? And obviously, every, like you say, everything's on the table on draft night. Yeah, but you got you got to figure three weeks before the draft. You got guys like Corey Coleman. You got Josh Gordon, who you know really hasn't had much time with him. And Corey Coleman's new to new to the whole the whole team. Um, and Fountain too. So they're going doing workouts with Patrick. They're trying and they're. I mean, you obviously played, so you you know more about this. In their mind, they're trying to like let me let me let me dominate this workout so Patrick knows what kind of guy he has in me. And Absolutely. then Pat, Patrick's doing self evaluations on these guys to go report back to uh, Veach and uh, Reed. I mean, is that kind of what's going on here? Absolutely, no doubt about it. And so you know, everybody's taking notes. They really are. Shoes. You, you and. Sometimes how these things happen, you might hear that one or two guys are going down. And so you're like, hey, man, how come you didn't call me? Hey, let me get on the flight. Let me go down here, too. Let me go in here and go compete. And so, you know, part of it is you, you're trying to, uh, you know, jockey for position. That's what you're trying to do. Why not? If I can become his favorite. Ooh, he, he looks good on the fade route. I'll, I'll run a better fade than him. And so you're like, okay, man, I, I got to get my fade route back down. I got to get my out route back down. I got to get my basic route. I got to get my you know, my posts a little bit better than what it is. And so what you also get to do, you get to see the other guys work. So those guys that might not be number four on the option, looking at the number one, I'm looking at uh, MBS. Uh, what is he doing? How's he running this route? Okay. My route's got to be more crisp than that. Okay. I got to see what Juju is doing. I got to make sure this competition, because when he goes back, he says, hey, Juju is still kind of nursing that knee a little bit. I'm going to show you what I can do on my knee. And so th these things right here is, is, is you've got to encourage uh, the competitive nature and the toughness about what you're going to be enduring on the NFL football field. Because the thing is, man, everybody ain't going to make it. Out of that group, everybody's like, look, you can't keep everyone on the roster. And so the more you can be seen, the more you can do, the better off you're going to be. Uh, yeah, he's going to make them all. He's going back, no doubt, to Veach and Andy. Hey, yeah, uh, listen, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada was hanging out late last night. Uh, he had 10 drinks and everybody else only had five. So we got to watch out for him because he might be a loose cannon. I mean, it's, hey, look, that's how things work, man. That's how things work. But also, too, what those guys might do is say, hey, man, instead of us drinking 10 drinks last night and getting towed up or whatever we was doing or going staying out till 1 o'clock at night, let's all be in bed by 11 because we got some work to do tomorrow. Everybody's in on that. Let's go. One, two, three. Cool. Hey, that's how it works. So start building up before and stuff like that right now. So yeah, Patrick, hey, man, you, hey, you find out who a guy is. Find out. Get, get to know him. Get to know all these guys. And so get, high, get to know how each of them are related to one another. But yeah, you best believe he is giving reports back. You know, somebody's out there like taking notes. I guarantee you there. Yeah, well, okay. He don't want to work. He ain't a hard worker. Uh, 
He likes taking these plays off. All that's getting reported back. So you're you're saying it's, it's even going to be on what's going on, on on the field. It's like it's it's kind of everything's kind of being being reported. It's everything, every everything, and, and, and not to say guys should be like on uh, on eggshells. Right. You still be yourself, right? Like, look, sometimes you got like like man, this is who I am. Shoot, yeah, I'm, I'm a late. I like staying that late. I, I do. It ain't gonna take me away from my work. What I do tomorrow, when I come in tomorrow, I'm still gonna be the hardest worker. Like they were talking like Jordan. And Jordan would stay up late. They were talking about he would just be up three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> he come in early in the morning with you know shoot around and be ready to go in the game. Like man, how's this guy doing it? He's not even getting any sleep at night. I, I got to have at least eight or nine hours of sleep. He needs two or three, and he's coming out there and he's still dogging folks. So, not to say that's a knock, but hey, maybe that's just what a guy how he operates. So you know, every guy can't sleep in the bed for nine hours because if a guy who's Used to getting four or five hours of sleep. This sucker's always looking at the ceiling like this for four hours trying to fall asleep. Like, hey, man, this ain't my bedtime. I ain't used to this. <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah, you got to learn all of that. And like I said, not to be on eggshells or not to be a tattletale and any of those things. But sometimes, like, hey, man, I like this guy. This guy, can, he, he's really good at this. You know, Corey's great at this. And, you know, uh, you know, Josh is getting better at that from what we've seen before. MVS is, hey, man, he's really – you know, fast on these routes. So, you know, it's not just, you know, things to be a negative. It's like, hey, the positive stuff of it. Right. Um, speaking more towards a guy, Corey Coleman, who was a first-round pick. He was awesome at Baylor. Um, Josh Gordon, we obviously – everyone knows his history. Um, yeah. What does it say to you about those two guys specifically, the hunger aspect? Uh, you know, because Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, you could say both both have been humbled, right? Yeah, for, for absolutely. Different reasons. But what, what does it say to you about their hunger level for them to be going out here, you know, do, doing these extra steps to try to get chemistry with Patrick, to try to really, like, take this opportunity of having that kind of empty guy, empty slot at receiver, essentially, trying to make these extra efforts to make the team or, you know, just getting Patrick's good graces to show, like, dude, like, I am, I, I can be that guy for you, you know? Yeah. Now, look, I think, you know, humility, without a doubt, uh, can knock you down to say, man, look, this, this, I, I want to show everybody I'm the real deal, right? Everybody's counting me out. I'm sure he's, he's probably seen, you know, things on, on Twitter and all through the, the news. Oh, he's washed up. Oh, these guys no good. This and that. So he's like, look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to just go in and grind and put all these, these, these naysayers to bed, all these haters and everybody else. I'm just going to put them to bed. And only when I could do that, is what I put out there is my product, the way that I work and what I put out there on the field. So that's the only way you can convince people is what you do on the football field. Same thing with Corey, Corey Coleman. I like Corey Coleman. I like him a lot. Matter of fact, the first time we got him here at signing, I thought he was going to, you know, kind of make it thin. So, uh, but they see some many. And so these guys are hungry, man. They, they just want to show that, you know, they still got something in the tank. They could, they still have something to give. And so a lot of it is uh, guys just trying to get that, that, that glory back, you know, just a little bit. And, and not even for the fans, just for themselves, right? Sometimes, you know, we, we just want to know where we are. And so part of it is with our talents that we have, we want to be able to show and, and, and showcase it to everybody else. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Let them fall where they may. Uh, so that's why I'm so high on, on uh, Josh. And I hope Corey does a great job while he's here. I 
just want what's best for. I, I want those things for them. That's what I want. I want Josh to absolutely make it because of the pain that he's went through and because of the Corey has gone through. Man, they, they've been some around some tough roads and people's going to count them out. And I think it's, it's time that, you know, stop counting them out. Somebody gets behind their back, you know, get them a little wind between that sails and push them forward, man. So I'm out here for it, man. I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be clapping my hands. Come on, Josh. I'm pulling for you. I'm letting you know I'm pulling for you. Okay. Don't give it up. I know you still got some in you. Show them people. Show them jokers what you got, man. And so I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm encouraged by that. Because, uh, you know, sometimes, man, you see it. Oh, you know, this. Oh, he's had this in the past and the drugs and stuff like that. The guy's trying to show you he's trying to change his life. And he and you know what? He deserves that. He deserves it. He's had several chances. So what? Give him another one. Give him another one. If he's trying to do what he's here, he's, and he's showing he's committed to it, let him have it. Bring him in, man. Absolutely. That, that's why I was so encouraged when, you know, when he became in, when we, we inactivated him, he, he didn't play in the playoffs, that we didn't cut him. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we left him on our practice squad and we brought him back. We re-signed him for the following year. So it's like if he was, if he was washed, as some people say, he'd be gone. They also yeah. see something in him. Like, okay, now let's give him a full offseason. Let's let him get connected with Patrick. And I think there's something to that. I really, I really do. I'm not just, I'm obviously hopeful for it, but like, I, mm-hmm. I do think there's something to it. Those, like you said, those guys wouldn't be talking about how, how amazing Josh Gordon looked at practice, you know? Right, right. Yeah, they do it. They just not blowing smoke. He, I, I just think the run that they were making, they didn't feel like he was a necessary piece. And I get that part of it, right? And so they were saying, well, look, he's not catching a whole lot of balls anyway. What we do offensively, uh, the guys have been in the system, let them, you know, let them, let them shine. And so, of course, uh, Pringle started showing a little bit. He's like, hey, you know what? Pringle is starting to step up a little bit, you know. Uh, Hardman starting to step up. So this is what we was, we was looking for. We was looking for Josh to take those reps. Those guys are trying to earn it back. And they've shown that they've earned that 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 back uh, to be in the offense. And so that's what ended up happening. So he's like, look, Josh. Hey, we don't feel like you're a necessary piece, but we don't want to let you go. We don't, we don't, we're not saying we're not, we're not high on you. We think you got a lot there. But what we're trying to do is going to take you a little time to get comfortable in those things that we're doing. And we think that you, you have a right fit. We think we have a, a great relationship together. And so I think that's what it is. I think they, they didn't want to give up on that point on saying, you know what, Josh brings a lot to the table. Uh, what he's shown in his character and his, his, uh, his dedication, you know, his work and his effort warrants him to, to still be on this team. And we want this guy to be here. And he can help us out. And he, sometimes you got to see it. It's going to come to fruition, man. I'm telling you, I, I think they are hounding because they know what they got in Josh Gordon. Uh, and I think they know what they want to do. I'm excited. Um, last uh, question on this uh, before we go. Um, our, our friend of the show, Nick Athan, uh, uh, Chiefs Insider on Twitter, when the pictures first came out last week, he first thing he said was, uh, "Oh, Michael Hartman's not there." Oh man, I'm very, pretty much discouraged by the fact that he's not there. Are you? Is that kind of a, a guy who's been with, around Patrick? Does he even need to be there since he, you know, already has rapport with Patrick? Or what? What do you think on that? Uh, I don't know, man. You, you can look at it uh, one or two ways. You, you can look at it like, "Hey, this discouraging." Another uh, one's like, "Hey, man, he might have some other obligations right now." And so if he is and he does have that rapport, uh, then fine. But you best believe if it's something that you had to voluntarily, not voluntarily be there, hey, shoot, go take advantage of it, right? 
and hopefully he's had a conversation with Pat. Like, look, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it this week. Should I got something else going on? I had a, you know, another responsibility that I had to do. Um, but the very next one, you let me know and I'm, I'm there for you. So I don't know, man, look, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So if you feel like it's necessary to be there, be there. If you feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, cemented in what we do. Okay. You can feel that way, but I'll tell you what, when we're not working, there's other people working and there's other people to take your position. There's other people to trying to show what they can do. And so that's just another opportunity for them to say, Hey man, look, it's giving me a chance to shine. And he's got to take that into account too. Like, Hey man, look, I, these guys are there. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, you, you learn. This he stays a learning, is learning thing. But maybe, like I said, maybe he has the you know other obligations. Maybe that's what it is. So I don't want to look into it. I don't want to say, hey, man, that's bad. That's wrong. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. And uh, you know, hey, man, look, I get it. Sometimes you can't be everywhere where everybody wants you to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. No, I mean, if he does have prior obligations, obviously, that's you know, that's. That takes precedent, especially if you already had things planned. But yeah, no, I just I thought it was interesting when I saw Ethan say that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's not, he's not there, huh? But like you know, it opportunity, like like you say, these guys are seasoned, the ones who are there. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you you just got to take you, you know in, in account. You know, Harmon, he's got to take an account that he's like, okay, hey, these other guys are coming. You ain't coming, now, nah, man. Look, I I, I got something I, I got to do. But the next one. Absolutely, no doubt about it. So, yeah, no man, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I just don't want, I just don't want to make it seem like it's, it's, it's such a big deal. Yeah, to make it an issue because it's, it's it's not. It really isn't. It's not. And plus, I mean, a lot of these guys because because there's still guys on the, on the roster who you know like play with Patrick who didn't go like that guy Dieter who's been everyone said that's like Patrick's butt buddy. He wasn't he wasn't there. He's been on the team for a while, so. May, and Kelsey's not there either. So, you know, guys, maybe it is for the guys who don't really have rapport with Patrick and Patrick, one of the new guys to be together. Maybe, maybe, and well, CEH is there though. So, I mean, I, I don't know, but if, if we are going to have more of a passing role for him, pass catching role for him next year, maybe he did want to be there for that. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he, you know, he's still trying to get into shape, man, from being from the injury too. So that's another reason he probably cho- just wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. Right. That's true. Uh, plus man, you, you look, you know, the draft when, after the draft is over, everything is going to start rolling. You know, yeah. you start doing OTAs and all that. Like it's going to be rolling from that point on. Yeah. Uh, but look, I, I'm 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 a big uh, supporter of guys getting away from football when you can. Okay, don't make it all about football. Don't have to always be your life. Sometimes, you know, having uh, a little bit of uh, a peace, you know, when you can go and play, yeah. uh, is what you you really need. And so, I think sometimes guys may take it you know, too serious and, and, and do a little bit too much. And sometimes that gets in the way of what you, you want to do on the field because you always make it all about ball. And it's like, man, there's more to life than just that. But you know, you need to know when you get there, boy, you better be going a hundred miles an hour, you know? So yeah. that's the thing. Well, and that's funny. You know, it's like, I think people, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, dog uh, Nick Ethan for, for saying anything, but I think people just in general, it's like, you forget it's, that is there, you know, we want to talk about work-life balance for people who have office jobs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, work-life balance. I mean, that, 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 that's a perfect example. Yeah. You know, making millions and you're playing football, but like 
it's still their job and they're professionals in that. And they want a little break from that. You know, they're having to try to have a balance in their life. They have some have families, you know, so much want to enjoy their the single life, you know, I mean, like that's, right. and for almost pretty much all year long, you have football you know, that, that, that you, you have work all year long. So for the few months you have mm-hmm. off, you know, let them, in, let them enjoy it. Let, let them enjoy their summer break, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and look, it maybe as, like I said, maybe like you said, prior obligations, you might have different responsibility. And so sometimes, man, you might be, you know, with your kids or whatever it may be in the family. Say, hey, man, we had this vacation plan. We're going to go ahead and do this. But you best believe, hey, next time, doesn't mean I'm not dedicated. Uh, just means I have something else I have to do at this time. Now, hey, but when I get out there, I'm rolling. Because if I'm on vacation somewhere else, then I'm, I'm running on the beach. I'm still lifting weights. I'm still doing all these different things, you know, with my family. I'm still getting my work in. And so uh, you could tell guys like that. You could tell guys who are still professional that you don't have to be around all the time. But when they come in, you see like this guy's been working. You could tell this guy has been doing what he's supposed to do. And so somebody like um, uh, McCole, he's been there. And everybody that's that's there in the system, he's the only one that's been there that, yeah. that, as long as he has, right? Nobody else. No, he's the only one. No one. So, yeah. He's the most senior yeah. guy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, new guys. I want, I, want to, I want to meet the new guys. I want to meet the new guys, fresh. You know, no, uh-uh. I just want to meet the new guys, okay? You know, Merkel, I'll I, I see you a different time, Hartman. All right, we'll catch up. All right, cool. I'll see you. All right, I'll holler. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we, don't, we, we don't know everything. We, we don't. We, we don't know everything. Hey, man, look at what No, look, leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just pictures we're seeing these guys catching balls. It, no one even knows a backstory. All we're basing off of is two coaches' Instagram photos that say hashtag day one of Mahomes' what camp or whatever. I mean, we don't know if you what, what's going on. So I mean, it's just we're just basing these off uh, pictures on Instagram. Yeah, That's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, no, nobody's ever made uh, them, their lives look better on Instagram by taking pictures. You know, they've never done that before. No. Who's you know? to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, fellas. Well, that's that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week. And you know what? I, I'm I'm based on this conversation that we had on the first topic. I, I I'm not hopeful we'll be making moves next week, but maybe we maybe we do bring in Stefan Gilmore. Remember, maybe we do uh, make that trade for uh, Tyler Lock that we've been talking about. But we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. You still got time. You know, there's a, a lot that could be moving on from here to 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 then. So we still got time. Definitely, definitely. And we have the draft capital to make trades if we want to do that. So that's right. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.